Hi, this is Sophie, Simon and Ben from That Final Scene. Yeah, we just want to give a quick shout out to our friends at Amazon Music where you can find this very podcast. So, let's dive in, shall we? Yep. I said it before and I'll say it again. That scene, that last scene. What does it mean? I'm the dude, you know? Get the fuck out of here. No, I cannot. It's over. Go home. That final scene starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first That Final Scene episode of the year. Happy New Year. Yo, yo, yo. Happy beginnings, happy endings. Happy New Year, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Ben and Simon. How are you guys doing? Yeah, good. Nice break, feeling relaxed, ready to watch more movies in 2023 and get going again. Is that a New Year resolution? To watch more films? Just in general, I just want to watch more movies. Yeah, I mean, you're smashing it out of the park with like one every day. I am on a mission. I don't know, Simon, if you've seen, but that's my kind of ridiculous New Year resolution to watch one film a day. The whole year? Yes. My God. Um, um, Yeah, I'm on track so far, but it's only been seven days. What have you watched today? (laughs) I'm about to, after you guys go. What are you going to watch? I don't know. Probably something that's less than 90 minutes because, yeah, it's going to be a late night otherwise. Okay, fair enough. Um, But I've been trying to play it safe so far. I haven't watched anything too ridiculous except... Daddy's Home 2. Yeah, I saw that on your Instagram. I did not understand why you watched Daddy's Home um, 2. Yeah, because I was at my sister's and I didn't have time. So I was like, okay, if I want to make it and watch a film, I need to just okay. put something on TV. So that was the only thing that yeah. was playing. And yeah, I turned it off after 50 minutes. I couldn't. Are like, you allowed to have a repeat? Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. the, I guess the the rule that I've made, like, which is a one single rule, like you have to watch one film a day. It doesn't matter whether it's a documentary or it's a fiction or if I've watched it again. Do you have a system to pick them through the year? Uh, no, not yet. Okay. Just like things that I know I've been, like I do have a watch list. I, um, I am making sure that I How keep that in it, mind. How big is it, the watch list? Uh, not that big, about 50 films. That's not, that's not going to get you very yeah, far no, through you're the year. Need to, you're nine, yeah, you but then you have to take into account more. like the new films that are coming out. And I'm actually going to get, a limitless card this year from nice. I have to I've been yeah, postponing I'm, it I'm tempted to get one as well yeah the only problem is they don't do the ones in central London you have to you don't get those I don't think there's still a trillion pounds a minute yeah there's the like central London fee which oh, I don't think right. I don't think I'm gonna effect. pay for that like I think I'm gonna yeah. stay local anyway so yeah for our non um, you know UK based listeners we're gonna get li- the limitless card we're talking about is a card that's been offered by Odeon uh, mm. Which is basically watch as many films as you want for what ten pounds a month, something like yeah, that. Yeah, what you get. Like I think I looked at it. You, if you go to the cinema twice a month, you ba- the, like the card basically pays for itself. I think mm. they pay you, know. you to turn up. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. That's it. Are uh, there enough good films to watch more than two films a month at the Odeon? Well, that's a yeah. very good question. Well, yes, if you're being uh, um, yeah, because the thing is, they are playing the lesser known stuff in local cinema so you're not gonna see like after sun is playing right now for example which is supposed yeah. to be really good this good. isn't playing in central london but you can find it in richmond you know so you have to just be on the lookout for those did you see that paul mescal who's in is an app did you watch um normal people time i've seen some of it yeah so the boy from normal people he is in after sun mm. and apparently has now been cast as the lead in the gladiator sequel as well oh, that really? ridley scott's doing he'll be playing uh yeah, the but the the young boy grown up in a, in the. Isn't normal sequel. people like desperately sad but full of sex scenes? Yes. 
yeah. desperately sad and desperately horny. I thought Normal People was great, it, okay. but it ends really abruptly. It ends like a Martin McDonough film, which ends and you're like, oh, it's over. Okay. <laughs> how do I feel about that? It's just a slice of life. <laughs> See ya. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Toshi, this, this is how reality is. And you're like, oh, okay. Ben, I know you've been busy watching a lot of films. Yeah, I finally watched The Banshees of Inishir and as soon Same. as it came out on Disney+, Plus, which I thought was great. Have you watched it? Never heard of it. It's the guy, you've seen In Bruges? Yes. Yeah, so the guy who directed In Bruges and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, it's his new film. And that's Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Uh, Your face. Yeah, I love it. Play this kind of... Loved it. Kind of like the uh, like an odd couple in on an island off the west coast of Ireland, but things take a, like, get very, like, weird and dramatic. I mean, I'm not giving anything away if you see the trailer, basically... They are these two men who've been friends for years and then one of them decides, I don't want to talk to you anymore. He just wants to cut him out of his life completely. Because you're boring. Because you're boring. Literally, that's the oh. premise. <laughs> so Brendan Gleeson says, I'm going to cut you out of my life because you're boring. I don't want to talk to you anymore. And after a while, he says to him, well, if every time you talk to me, I'm going to cut off one of my fingers. Until And he's, he's, a, he's a fiddle player. So that's obviously a huge thing for oh, him. Man. And yeah, it's just weird. And again, it's really like three billboards where it just ends. Mm-hmm. It's just the end. There's like, there's not like a... A climax. Yeah, there's no climax. There's actually like another, like the story is going to continue on outside of the film, which I quite like. I think that's quite cool. I loved it. And I, I really the thought ending. the ending was yeah. brilliant. And Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson are both fantastic mm-hmm. in it. Like everybody's really good. Barry Keoghan, who I don't necessarily really like, is really good in it as well. He was really good. And the sister... Was there anyone not good in it? No, no. Well, <laughs> no. yeah, that's a good. That's, it's the best ensemble, like in a cast that I've seen all year. And it looks like, like, as someone from Ireland who's been to that part of the country, it like, it, even though it's a very bizarre film, it paints Ireland in a very nice light. Like, oh. it makes me kind of be like, oh, I want to go back there on holidays and like, because mm. it's such a lovely part of the country. I'm actually pretty sure there's gonna be an increase. Like you're gonna see like a, some tourists like coming out of nowhere it'll because be, of that film. It'll be like when they filmed the Star Wars on the west coast of Ireland as well. It'll ju- you'll just have like an influx of people. Yeah. So I watched that really randomly. I watched Equilibrium. You know the Christian Bale yes, like I weird it sci-fi recently. movie. Yep. An article popped up on Instagram or something about it, talking about how. You know, this kind of, un- like the underrated Christian Bale sci-fi movie. And I was like, oh, I completely forgot about Equilibrium. I hadn't watched it in years. If you I, if you don't know it's Simon, basically it's this weird, like dystopian future where no one can feel feelings. And if you feel feelings, you die. Ooh. And basically Christian Bale's character is, which is, which is kind of the synopsis, but I, it's more it? interesting than it sounds. And yeah, it's just a good kind of like random kind of action movie from the early noughties. Yeah, it's one of those films that looks ridiculous, oh but actually God. it does yeah. ha- like it does have something to say, mm. I think, without giving too much away, but it does look ridiculous. Yeah, and Christian Bale's really good in it. I yeah. watched Detective Pikachu because it was on television. A lot of stuff I just watched because it was on TV <laughs> and I didn't mind it. I'm just imagining Ben with his leg over the side of the <laughs> sofa, just like with his remote, just poking buttons. Yeah, literally stuff just on. flicking around. That's how I ended up watching Shrek 2 as well. Both Indiana Jones films that I watched, I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark and Last Crusade, which are always on at Christmas. So ended up flicking around watching them. Get Out, I watched because, I mean, why not? Get Out's a Christmas movie, I guess. Yeah. Why not? Uh, 1917, I watched. Skyfall, I watched because I have to watch a Bond film mm-hmm. at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows. And which Simon will be happy about. So I, I rewatched Interstellar for the first time Ooh, in a few wow. years. I don't know, maybe just because I haven't seen it in a while or like, I'm, a, I'm more of a, yeah, I'm more mature now. <laughs> I was like, oh, I have a much greater appreciation for the film. It's still way too long. Like, Jesus Christ, shave 20 minutes off Did the Did you top. shed a, a bobo tear? 
I didn't shed a bobo tear, but I had a much greater appreciation of it. Like I was a bit like mm. having, I think having watched Tenet, which is so unexplainably ridiculous, then watching Interstellar, I was like, yeah, okay, I can actually kind of buy into the three to the fucking five dimensional shit now because I know there's a stupider film on the horizon that I might have to watch. <laughs> <laughs> And a parallel timeline that I'm, I haven't seen Tenet before. Yeah. So Ben got engaged over Oh, Christmas. yeah, and I got engaged. That's pretty cool. That's did, amazing. Did you Congratulations. Have a, did you celebrate with a particular film? After, what was the film you watched after that? I think the first film I watched after that was... What was the first film? I mean, I'm trying to look Copy at this bond. list. Sky, you probably treated yourself to a Skyfall after it that. Was, it was either Skyfall <laughs> or... Oh, I deserve a bit of Bond for I that. think it might have been Skyfall. I think I might have actually watched Skyfall that night. It probably was, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. The smug smile on your face. I know, just being like, haha, in your face, Bond. <laughs> <laughs> and to celebrate on the podcast, our next final scene in our next episode is going to be Bridesmaids. Yes, that'd be good. Which my, which I can now say this, my fiance really likes Bridesmaids, so she'll yeah, be happy that perfect, we get to watch then. that. Yeah, Kind of crazy beautiful. that I can say that. You can oh be God. our naughty hungry bear. <laughs> is there a hungry bear anywhere? We'll bring a really big sandwich. Let's do that. <laughs> Feed me live on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I watched a lot over Christmas. That, and, yeah, yeah, that was going to be my question. Are you sure you haven't been watching one film a day as well? <laughs> I think like I it. almost, I, like there was a You're couple of days where I was watching <clears throat> two. I definitely watched yeah. like, I think I went from, <clears throat> I, went, I did 1917 and Get Out in the same night, I think because they were oh, on back to back, which is... An intense marathon, especially like considering <coughs> the end of 1917 straight into Get Out, which is just another like 90 minutes of intensity. Mm. A, a strange yeah. double bill, but I mean. Very strange. Uh, yeah. yeah, but I loved it. I thought yeah. it was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been reserving my time for only the highest quality movies. So this I'm means ready. Mrs. Doubtfire. Nope. You know, when I said I got back from Berlin and I was a bit delicate and I watched License to Kill. Love it. Rewatched it with the director's commentary <laughs> twice. Ooh. What? Was it? Twice. John John Glenn narrates the whole thing and Amazing. tells every caper that went down during the recording. How was that? The actor that plays Felix Leiter. Who gets eaten by the sharks. Who gets eaten by sharks, apologizes for his terrible performance. Oh my god. <laughs> Which really? is true. It's the only bad performance in that film because it sounds like he's literally reading his lines off camera. Yeah. Yeah, um, very good Benicio that. del Toro in that oh, film. Yeah. He's so good. Dario. Dario. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's got the meanest bad face, I think, of all time. He's so good. Yeah. And then I... Is Dalton in the commentary as well? No, he's not. Oh, it's a shame. Such a shame. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen Dalton out of character, actually, in my life. Yeah, I don't think, I ha- I don't think I've ever seen it. I'd probably just melt actually. if he spoke. Oh, yeah. He's such a dreamboat. You just get lost in his eyes. <laughs> and then I watched... Or I was listening in the car. I put the interview that Louis Theroux has done with Rita Ora on. Oh yeah, because it's an interview. You have to watch it so you can just mm. listen to okay. it like a like an audio thing. And I discovered that Rita Ora's partner is Taiko Waititi. Yeah, Waititi. yeah. they've been Which dating for like a year or two now. I think more. Yeah, mm. I think. They're Which I was like, what? Yeah. So I yeah. then watched because of that boy again, which I hadn't seen for a while, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, Excellent. Not quite up there with Hunt for the Wilder People, but... Tell us more. It's set in 1984 in New Zealand. And it's this little boy who's like, what, 10, 11? And his nan, who's bringing him up and all the other kids in the house, goes away. I think uh, someone in the family dies and just goes to the funeral. And the kids are just left to fend for themselves. And the little boy, I can't remember what his name is in the film, has these fantasies of his dad who he's basically estranged from. I think he's even never met his dad. 
but he's like a superhero and he builds his dad up in his head and tells all his friends how amazing his dad is and how strong he is and all that stuff. And then his dad turns up, who's played by Taiko Waititi. And he's like a complete loser. He's like, basically comes to steal stuff from the Mm. family house and he's up to all kinds of shenanigans. And it's kind of like a story about him bonding with his dad and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's like very funny and very sad in the way that Taiko Waititi does, you know, the way he constructs his own kind of, idiosyncratic world and invites you in and it's just heart-wrenching but I hope he goes back to that sort of writing yeah I'm hoping his next film is more Jojo Rabbit than Thor Love and Thunder oh yeah that's good yeah but have you guys not seen Boy then no, I've not seen I it. I'll have to watch it. I'll add it to the list. Yeah, add it to your it films to bang. watch a day. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And nice. then uh, the uh, only... Is it uh, streaming anywhere or did you rent it? Oh, I can't remember. I might have bought it on Apple TV. Okay. I can't remember. When I think of Taika Waititi, I just go back to what we do in the shadows. Every oh, time. yeah. Every single time. Which actually, Ren- I don't know if you've watched the Renfield trailer, but that looks crazy. I <laughs> Where, haven't. Yeah, it's Nicholas Holt. Uh, from about a boy is playing mm. Dracula's assistant Renfield. Oh, nice! And Dracula's being played by Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and the trailer just looks fucking ridiculous. I yeah, love it. It looks already. crazy. I always, th- uh, I always think of Nicolas Holt in Skins as well. Yes, Nicolas Holt Excellent. is making a comeback. I just saw him in the menu. Yeah, I saw your review of that. Yeah, it's I, really I want to watch it. Yeah, it's is that Disney- a film or a TV? It's a, it's a film. Um, just came mm. out on Disney Plus in the UK. I think oh, it's on HBO Max Plus. in the uh, in the US. But it's with um, Anya Taylor-Joy, who I really like, and Ralph Fiennes as well. Rafe. Good old Rafe. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer Rafe. Mm. I don't like to go on about it, but I do prefer Rafe. It's very satirical. I think you're going to love it. Uh, it's uh, it's more horror-y, thriller-y than I expected. So it has sort of like eerie, creepy vibe. But it basically takes on the food world, like the food culture, you know, the snobbism that comes with it, um, you know, this faux, like, influencer experts. Because basically the idea, the premise is that the, the couple, like Nicholas Holt and Anya Taylor-Joy, they go on a coastal island for an exclusive restaurant experience and the chef that is waiting for them is not well. <laughs> That's the idea. What, in his mind or in just generally well, sick? mentally, yeah, no, just mentally. Like, okay. he serves them, like, he's, well, he serves them, like, this lavish, you know, bespoke menu with some challenges and some surprises. From what I saw from the trial, I know, because you said not to actually, if you, if you, it's good to go in, like, without seeing anything yeah. about it. Uh, unfortunately, I have seen the trailer. And from seeing the trailer, it looks like The Bear, that Netflix show. Did you see that? Is it called The Bear? The uh, but the restaurant in Chicago. Oh, like Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah Disney yeah, Plus. Yeah. That crossed with The Purge is kind of what I got from the trailer. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, uh, it's not as frantic. Okay. Like the menu is more almost, I don't want to say Midsommar because it's not as weird, but it is creepy. Um yeah, and eerie. Ray Fiennes looks like a kind of a Hannibal Lecter type oh, kind of character. Oh, 100%. Yeah, he, yeah. he wants to take revenge, basically. Because he's nice. been a for years. Yeah, so I will <laughs> recommend. Um, I haven't, yeah, I wouldn't say I would recommend anything else that I've seen so far except Argentina 1985. But I want to spend some more time on that. So I'm going to go deeper in the next episode. All right. We don't have a community segment for this episode as we're still working out our programming for the year. Um, but Ooh, our, our programming, our for, programming the year. for the year, we want to sound professional then. Uh, well, don't worry, it's coming back in the next episode. But I do have something funny and actually kind of creepy to share with you guys. So I know you, Simon, have heard of ChatGPT. Ben, you hadn't. No idea. Um, 
<laughs> so I'm not cool enough to know what this is. No, or uh, well, I don't. I'm know engaged, guys. I've got bigger things on my plate right that, now. Come that, on, Mister, you actually have a life. So um, <laughs> <laughs> you've just been in Greece. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, well. The background on that, very briefly, it's that OpenAI, which uh, I don't want to say it's Elon Musk company, but he does have like a very high affiliation with it. So let's forget about that. They just <laughs> released... Um, Open.ai. That's how they market it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be how Elon Musk would market it if you gave him the chance. I guarantee that, you. That That is true. That's the best you can do. He, uh, they uh, released the most advanced chatbot today, back in November 2022 and it has been picking a lot of traction and traffic ever since like more and more people are using it every day i've heard that actually a lot of students are using it for their assignments like in the u.s so oh, it's wow, like okay. an, yes it can produce like thought leadership pieces like it's like very Jesus. very advanced it can develop code um I, it can create like your personalized workout program like it's ridiculous is this actually an ai or is this what's happened to all those twitter people that are now are probably locked in an office somewhere <laughs> It's just a lot, of, a lot of graduates who've gone to work at Twitter that Elon's locked in an office that oh they have to God. type out like some student's bloody thesis for them. That's a great question. <laughs> I it, it, Supposedly it's AI. I, I don't know. Um, but um, I've, I've also heard that Google is very concerned and they've um, signaled like code red internally oh, because wow. it can be like an existential you know, crisis for I Google think it'll search. define the new way of search. Like it, uh, it, it yeah. turns anything into like, imagine you've made a load of lists on your phone. Mm. Suddenly you can ask it questions about those, what's within those lists. Okay. So it's like turns anything you've got into a little brain. It is an assistant as well. And I, I can see how like copywriters can even use it. Like how can you create a summary out of it? Anyway. Write a better film than Glass Onion. Whoa. Ooh. Well, Sorry. I did try to ask, <laughs> to ask questions about Glass Onion, but as a disclaimer, it only has quote-unquote, knowledge up until 2021. So anything past, you know, that year, it doesn't really recognize. So anyway, I wanted to try it. So I thought, why don't I ask ChatGPT questions about our podcast and final scenes? Do you guys want to hear how it responded? Yeah, very much so. Okay, I'm dying to get your reaction. Okay, so here it goes. My first question Can you generate the podcast intro for the That Final Scene movie podcast? Okay. The answer. <laughs> sure, here's a possible podcast intro for the That Final Scene movie podcast. Welcome to That Final Scene, the movie podcast that takes a deep dive into the endings of films and their lasting impact on pop culture. Join us as we rewatch and discuss the final scene of some of the most memorable, memorable movies of all time, from classic films to modern blockbusters. <laughs> Jesus. It's, wait. Each episode will break down the plot, themes, and significance of the final scene and explore how it ties into the overall message of the film. So grab your popcorn and join us as we explore the final scenes that have left a lasting impression on, audience, on audiences everywhere. If we could even approach that. <laughs> We're, yeah. fired. Oh <laughs> We're fired. Never living God. We're fired. Yeah, didn't someone ask us in the questions before Christmas, you know, should was How it like should filmmakers be worried be, about AI? I think we should be worried about AI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Screenwriters should be, you know, afraid. You know what? Like I I'm actually quite creeped out by the answer because it doesn't have access to the internet. Mm. And it doesn't have any knowledge past 2021. So it didn't like pick up any keywords from our website. Like it literally created that it might blurb. Have, would it be able to have crawled Instagram? 
No, it doesn't have access to in the internet. That's well, I the thought thing. it was trained on data from the internet. Yeah, yeah, but like that's like we hadn't launched the podcast in. But your page, though. Yeah, but it doesn't have to do anything with like what we're doing. Like I don't. If you go to my description, like I don't oh. talk about like any of that. Yeah, so to put that but together. I guess like, that it's, is it's kind episode, of, yeah. Like, yeah. It's a good synopsis for the podcast, it's my re- God. It's really good. Like, I could literally just... It's a little serious. Yes. It is. But that's the thing, you can, if, for example, I could have asked a follow-up question, can you make it funnier? Mm. I was right? going to say, does it have a humor? To, like it in, just adds like in, LOL yeah, to the end. Like the, <laughs> what is it, like the robot in Interstellar, you know, humor function at 70%. Can we put oh, out yeah. to 100? The, the one with the weird legs. The, yeah. What's he called? Sar- Sar, isn't it like that? Something Tars, ah. little pokey legs Tars. thing. Yes, yeah. that's the one. Scampers around. Mm. Um, well, it, I do have it in front of me. So if you have any questions, uh, we can actually play with it uh, live. But I asked a follow-up question. I said, "Nice work." Well, <laughs> oh, you <laughs> don't compliment I, the machine, I, Sophie. I, I have to. Um, are you polite to your Alexa as well? Always. I okay. say please and thank you. I do actually. Oh, I tell my Alexa shut up all the time. <laughs> Especially if she starts talking randomly during the day. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I imagine, like... imagine if Amazon started uh, doing deliveries based on how polite you were to Alexa. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You get bonus points <laughs> yeah. that you can like, like nectar points. I think that's that's my naive optimism that it will like me better if yeah. I'm actually being nice. I don't know. What are the best <laughs> final scenes of all time? I asked. Oh, okay. GPT. So this is very like this is. I mean, this is opinion based, really. There are so many great final scenes in oh film God. history. It's difficult to narrow it down to just a few, but here are some that come to mind. Number one, the Shoshang Redemption. Okay. It does explain its final scene, but I don't want to go into yeah. it. The Godfather, Titanic, no. The Empire Strikes Back. Yes. The Departed. It's a good, really good final scene. So my follow-up question was, okay, what about final scenes from movies that were directed by women? The Silence of the Lambs, which is not directed by a woman. No, I didn't think so. Uh, Winter's Bone, Little Women, The Hurt Locker, and Frozen. American Psycho. Oh, is it directed by a woman? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So it was like... The Hurt, Silence... Locker, I agree. Hurt Locker, yeah, I agree it's with. It's really good. Hurt Locker ending is fantastic. Yeah. And Little Women's amazing. So I was like, hey, The Silence of the Lambs wasn't directed by a woman. <laughs> and that's if it goes, you are correct. I apologize <laughs> for the mistake. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the Silence of the Imagine Lambs was directed. Imagine if your laptop just exploded. <laughs> That's so funny. Like the Silence of the Lambs was directed by Jonathan Dem, not a woman. <laughs> what? A, that's what thank it said. You. Yeah. Thank you for pointing out their error. That's insane. So, oh my god. So, uh, who, who is Jonathan Dem? Dem. I haven't like Dem. D e m m e. Dem. Demi. Demi. Maybe. And then Demi. it gave me a revised list, and then I asked. How can we improve that final scene podcast? Oh, Just never heard it. Well, it's giving me suggestions. Yeah. Here are a few suggestions for ways to improve that final scene <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna Fire read the, Ben and Simon. I'm gonna read the headlines, <laughs> but the suggestions are actually things that we have talked about. One, offer a diverse range of films. Consider I think we do featuring that. final scenes from a wide range of films, including classical films, foreign films, independent films, and films from different genres and time periods. We have been doing that. We do that, yeah. Two, invite guests. We do that. Tried, yes, <laughs> to an extent. Three, incorporate interactive elements. We have been doing that. Yeah, could do better. We could do better. I mean, this segment is where the community segment should be. So, yeah, exactly. You know. But we, we're chatting with a chatbot in a way, so that's interactive. 
Four, include behind the scenes stories. Consider that's sharing. why I think the director's commentary watches are important. There you go. Because that's where the real action is. Yeah. 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 Stories and trivia. Yeah. That's exactly what it's talking about. And five, edit for length and clarity. I oh think my Simon God. Feel- Did you write that answer, Simon? <laughs> can you ask it one for me? Yeah. Can you ask it? How can I make my friend Ben like Napoleon Dynamite? <laughs> how oh, that's can a good I make question, actually. What, yeah. What ben will it be? Like because. Napoleon. I, I really don't know if it's going to have an answer for me. It's not really appropriate to try to change someone's interest or personality. Yeah, Napoleon Dynamite will always be shite. Instead of trying to make your friend like Napoleon Dynamite, you could try to understand and appreciate his unique interest <laughs> and personality. In fairness, in fairness to Simon, that's a bit of a cop out of an answer. Simon, it's mm. important to respect people for who they are and let them be themselves. <laughs> If you want to share your love of Napoleon Dynamite with your friend, you could suggest watching it together oh, or discussing why you like it. But ultimately, you should respect day, their Simon. decision. We could have a duvet day and watch Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, here's one from me. Yeah. Uh, this, obviously. Uh, what is the best James Bond film? Ooh, that's a tricky one. And put, you can't do a cop-out answer. You can't do a pop-up answer. <laughs> it's tough to say which James Bond film is the best, as different people have different opinions on the matter. Oh. Some of them must... Oh, no. Cop-out no. answer. Yeah. I thought it would have gone like, mm. oh, what the highest grossing is or something. But that's yeah, just a bullshit answer. It's giving me a bullshit Or like answer. the one where there was like a computer bot that went wrong that it could relate to because it was like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's giving me a bullshit, like way too many words. Yeah, and basically all of the James Bond. So you films. can't really ask it anything that is like opinion based, anything that it can. Yeah, it seems maybe to you can avoid train that. it. Maybe yeah. you can train it. Yeah, I mean, maybe. it does have a disclaimer that opi- that what it's giving you is biased anyway. Because okay. yeah, but um, yeah, we can train it to be mean, maybe and opinionated. Oh, I'd love I that guess. an opinionated <laughs> snarky robot. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, that was fun. We should do more of these. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We'll play. We should get. We should maybe get some uh, film synopses out of it or film reviews. Oh, Synopsi. We Synopsi will save someone's it. time. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. Okay, cool. We will take a short break and we will be back with Glass Onion. What's this? It's a movie. No. No, I like it. No. Can I say something? No. I don't get it. What don't you get about it? And we're back with the final scene segment. So the first ending of the year is no other than Glass Onion for us. So Glass Onion is the sequel to Knives Out, uh, both from Ryan Johnson. Is that how you pronounce Ryan? Ryan Ryan Johnson, yeah. Can you? I don't know. where, where Where does he come from? He's American, isn't he? Ryan is Johnson? He? Yeah, okay. I think so. I, I don't know why his name is written like Rianne. Rianne. Yeah, Rihanna Johnson. Okay. Um, and both of them are available on Netflix, produced by Netflix as well. I, I mean, I think we've all heard how Netflix spent over 400 million to buy Glass Onion, which is ridiculous. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Which is probably, I think, because Ben, you you kind of um, talked about it before we started recording, is probably why the ending is like so splashy, it's because yeah. he had a bunch of money he needed <laughs> to burn. It feels like he threw a shitload of money at it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the film came out during the holidays and there was a lot of discussion around it, some good, some bad. I would say, because I know all of us have our individual opinions, most of the discussions have been like reactions have been positive weirdly i don't know what you guys have seen so far uh online but yeah i want to get your like mini like reaction review before we get into the final scene 
Do you want me to no, go first? No, Ben, you can go first. Want to yeah, go yeah. first? Can you no. top this? Casting call for this film be like MILFs and DILFs only. <laughs> <laughs> Ends review. Uh, uh, no, I can't beat that, but what I, I just didn't enjoy it. Okay. Compared to... Com- Ben's been com- so excited to tell us that he didn't enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I, re- I really didn't. Like, it's... It, it, I felt really let down by it. Like, I just... There was a lot of it I just thought was really boring. Like, you have to watch the film twice... I get that, that there's a whole point that there's a twist in the middle, but there was just like, you could have easily taken 20 minutes out of it. The ending is just fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. I don't really like the fact that like, it's like holding a mirror to society with like this Elon Musk-esque billionaire and a Joe Rogan style, like, you know, um, Dave Batista yeah. and all mm-hmm. this kind of like, I, I just, I like, I don't find that interesting. And it's just, it's cliche after cliche okay, after ben, cliche. does this work for you? <laughs> it's me. like the first Knives Out had more jokes and less interesting characters. Yeah, but the jokes aren't funny. So the summary for the film is, is that, you know, these five people we have, Dave Batista, who's playing this Joe Rogan-esque character and his girlfriend called Whiskey. There is Catherine Hahn's character, who is like this governor, who's, you know, very progressive. There's Leslie Odom Jr.'s character, who's a scientist. Uh, we have uh, Kate Hudson, who is, who's called Birdie. She's this kind of crazy actress who was so annoying. is all <laughs> over the place and just kind of says chaotic things constantly and is constantly being upset about like, yeah, of course, like, oh, why, why can't I say it? like that kind of, you know, online yeah. thing of, oh, but I didn't mean it that way. And like, you know, you clearly did. And uh, Edward Norton's character who kind of ties all these people together along with Janelle Monáe. So Janelle Monáe is like the fifth friend. And she worked with Edward Norton back in the day. And Edward Norton's this... Elon Musk type. Yeah, his tech billionaire isn't like it's Braun, Miles Braun is his name. And yeah, from the start, he's literally being painted as this like boho, cool, like Elon Musk. Like there's a flashback in the film and he looks like Tom Cruise from, um, what's that film? Magnolia. Magnolia. He is literally, they've dressed him like, I think that is just a reference to Magnolia, isn't it? He's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. He's completely, he's wearing like the burgundy shirt and the leather waistcoat and he has the hair. And yeah, basically the story is that every year all these friends come together for some extravagant mystery that's been organized by Braun, but there's some tension and no one knows why Janelle Monáe's character is there. And no one knows why Benoit Blanc, who is this world famous detective, is there either. Yeah. And so that's that's how it starts. We're going to this island. Why is there a detective here? And then it turns out Edward Norton's character has organized a murder mystery. And as it unfolds, they'd all have reasons for killing him, blah, 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 blah. Loads of shite happens. 45 <laughs> minutes of fucking exposition happens. They go to this island. Mm-hmm. It's all people just being arseholes. And then Janelle Monáe's character gets shot. Oh my God. She's been shot. Halfway through. Halfway through the film. Oh, wait, that's after Duke dies. Yeah. So right? sorry. Okay. Yeah. Duke yeah. dies. So and Duke is Dave Batista's character. He yes. dies. So he's the first kind of big kill. We all think it's going to be Edward Norton, but it's him. And then everybody runs away. The lights go out because Edward Norton has planned it that, oh my God, the lights go off at midnight type shit. <laughs> then it ends up that, yeah, Janelle Monáe's character gets shot. And then mm-hmm. we rewind and then we have to rewatch the whole film again. Because actually Janelle Monáe is not Andy. She is Andy's sister who is actually trying to get vengeance because Andy's really dead. We find oh. out that, oh, Andy's been dead this whole time. You know, but we think it's like a mysterious death and we don't really know what it is. So her sister's out for revenge. Mm-hmm. And then we have to watch the whole fucking <laughs> film again. 
as it like winds up to then her being shot. A, a small pause here. I actually did enjoy the conversation of Helen and what's his face, Blank. Yeah, like that was the, good. I think that was a good Nice rewind. little cameo yeah. from Hugh yeah. Grant as his boyfriend. Yeah, and I think Johnson probably tried to, like, I think he asked himself the question, like, how do I go back without retelling the film again? So he, he asked himself, how do I go back without retelling the film again? And then went back and retold the film again. Yeah. 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 In a weird way, I think that was like, and we can talk about the ending in a, se- in a second, but like, I do think, you know how in the beginning with the, how the, the puzzle box thing, yes. where, you know, uh, there is um, this cameo from that American, uh, like, musician with like Yo-Yo Ma, uh, like, mm. when he, he's with Kate Hudson, and he drops a kind of like musical knowledge about fugue, yeah. like, and how, like, when you put like uh, the same note, like the same uh, musical layer, no- the musical lay- notes on top of one yeah, another. It adds yeah. a, it creates something all together. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel like in a weird way, Johnson was trying to do that with the film. If you think about it, I think yeah. that was kind of like foreshadowing because you're basically telling the same story, but you have a different angle. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the premise of Glass Onion that, you know, you watch it in a different way. Yeah, You look it from a different angle. Yeah. yeah. I've got uh, a new one for you, Ben. Hit me. By Lauren on Letterboxd. Hit me, Lauren. She says, Agatha Christie for kids who grew up taking Am I Bisexual quizzes. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. But yeah, and so, I mean, the whole film then is just, we get retold again, but actually we're looking at it from the angle where we know that Janelle Monae's character is someone different and she's actually trying to find out what's happened to her sister. And then lo and behold, she has been shot because they use the oldest trick in the book where she has her sister's journal in her fucking front pocket. Like, as someone who her watched... Her sister's cigarette box. Yeah, yeah. my cigarillo. It, oh, it deflected the book. Like, I thought it was the boule gonna, yeah. deflected. Come on. I mean, on. to Johnson's credit, I thought it was going to be a photograph of it too. <laughs> yeah, or like a locket with her face yeah, exactly. in it that's like cut in half that Edward Norton has the other half. Uh, the film lost me when they introduced the twin plot twist. Like every single yeah. time, like I can't like justify Identical any twins. twin. We've like, got to ban that particular type of plot yeah, twist. Secretive twins like are not. But like the film like really are... lo- relies so heavily secretive on. Like, ones are right. Secretive ones are right. But, like, <laughs> secretive it, as well. You're it right. relies so heavily on tropes like that and just cliched, mm. like really cliched characters. And yeah, like that they, they were twins and she wasn't dead because she got shot with. Where, and but isn't the, that what it was going for? It was going for that meta knowing, you know, it's a bit tongue-in-cheek it's the same argument you can make about don't look up like it was so self-aware it was ridiculous yeah but i didn't like like, don't look up (laughs) and that's what i'm gonna say like i I didn't like it either and it seems like netflix is buying to the whole like tech billionaire self-aware humorous type of film and i think it's for basic audiences i no no it it is good lord no it 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 is no no like it does speak to that kind of let's use satire to try to mm. think we're smart, but actually we're not really saying anything. It's trying to be subversive and different and actually it's just the same shite like over I and over. I thought it again. looked great. I'm going to say this. Yeah. Like, it yeah. it was, um, I describe it as um, style over substance. Yes. Definitely. And you know, interestingly, I watched the video of Rian Johnson doing, you know, where I think it's Vanity Fair do like breaking down a scene and he's talking about camera angles and stuff. And like, there's no doubt that he as a director, like has a really good eye and like mm-hmm. it, as you say it looks really good like it's like i read like the costumes are really good like they kind of every character has a really good like color scheme that's really like kind of defines their character and stuff but then you actually listen to the film and you listen to what they're talking about and you have to sit through like i think it's like two and a half hours yeah it's so long 
And then you get to this big bombastic ending where. I was going to say, what did you think of the ending? Because basically the end, yeah, the ending is (laughs) um, Helen doesn't have, and Blanc, they don't have any evidence. And because uh, because Because, Miles burned the envelope, which was basically the evidence. This envelope is evidence that actually Helen's sister, Andy, uh, was the originator of his company and had all these ideas. Right. And they had, had there's the, the backstory of this big trial in which all the friends testified against Andy, exactly. even though they knew she was the one who actually came up with the idea because Miles has been paying for all their lives and paying for Duke's YouTube channel and paying for, you know, Catherine Han's presidency or her governance, you know, her governance or whatever, whatever the word is. And exactly. like paying off all of Birdie's crazy <laughs> lawsuits and burying everything that she does. And yeah, she doesn't have the evidence anymore. So basically, Benoit Blanc, is, it, he might as well just hand her out, like give her a hand grenade and be like, here you go. Yeah, he, he gives her clear, right? That he kind gives of her like clear, that yeah. Clear with, clear with a K. Clear with a K. Fuck off. That's when the film <laughs> lost me again. Like the film lost me. Did it get you back? In, 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 well, for a bit. Well, I did enjoy the pace. I guess I didn't hate the film. I, like because I thought it looked so good. Um, and I think Janelle was incredible. I think she carried mm. the film. Like she did most of the work. But yeah, like that ending. I was like, oh no, why are we watching a James Bond film? Why is everything exploding? Why are there like explosions in that murder mystery? Yeah, it didn't went. And again, like I know you're probably it's it's not a sequel to Knives Out, which actually probably makes it a, a little bit worse. It's not a sequel, like so. It's not trying to follow on. It's trying to be a similar, like telling a Benoit Blanc story again. <clears throat> Why does it have to have this massive, explosive ending? I In which actually it. the stupidest thing about it was is if if Clear was supposed to be as dangerous, they'd all be dead. Yes, I was really th- I was thinking I was like, oh, okay, they're all dead. Yeah, and then they're all alive. Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah. Just let Blanc just sit there and smoke a cigar and explain it to the police with that weird stoner guy. Right. I have a feeling that they were going for some sort of like rebellion. Like, you know, you can only, you know, I don't know, said justice with a bunch of explosions. Like, it's as if they should like walk out, they should walk out of the building and like you hear that song from Les Mis, like, do you hear the, like, like an uprising, like triumphant. I just thought it was so stupid. Simon, what did you think of the explosions in the end? Like how they burned, like how basically she burned out the glass onion? I found it oddly satisfying. Interesting, okay. Because obviously... It was shot well. It was shot well. Just the fact that the Elon Musk character... Edward Miles. Yeah, Edward Miles Braun. Playing Miles is a dickhead. And, yeah, which uh, Edward was, Norton's very good at, even though I'm sure he's, he's really, a lovely person. Yeah, he's, very he's good really at it. good. So it was nice to... So the film really gave him his comeuppance, you know? Yeah. It was like, yeah, punch the air. She's really fucking him over by smashing mm. all his ornaments and burning his prized possession painting. Um, burning the Mona Lisa, yeah, we haven't mentioned that yet. So, like, it gave me a bit of a reprieve, that ending. Right. Because I, I, yeah, I was basically watching the film because yeah. we had to watch it for this. Because mm. I think halfway through, I probably would have ducked out of it had I not been watching it for a reason. Yeah. The reason... I, and, I, and mainly, I couldn't get on board with... Um, I mean, it's an amazing production. I mean, so, I mean, it's like a feat of ingenuity, all the stuff that's... All the work that's gone into it. But the voice that Daniel Craig does... <laughs> You know, when you put an audiobook on, I don't know if you guys are into audiobooks, and the voice isn't right, and you're just like, really like, oh, can I get over this voice? I don't really like yeah. it. That's what Daniel Craig was like for me in Knives Out. And I, mean, I wonder if people yeah. are like that with this podcast. They like, yeah, yeah, no, well, it's true. my Irish voice. They're like, I just, every time the Irish it's not speaks, a lot you I just do. can't, you know, as soon as you get it in your ear, yeah. So, yeah, it's a sort of, it, it's two star for me. 
2005. Well, the reason it didn't, like the whole explosion that didn't work for me was because it wasn't even what actually was meant to happen in a way. Like it wasn't the actual vehicle that led to the end. Mm. It was only meant as a storyline, like as an additional storyline for the disruptors to say, oh, now we see the truth. Now yeah. all of a sudden we're going to buck you up, Helen, and we're going to, you know, get that guy in like behind bars. Like yeah. five minutes ago, they were bucking him up. They mysteriously now can remember Miles at mm. Andy's house. Like they mysteriously, yeah. So that, yeah, that become, wasn't very well it wasn't. flowed. It wasn't. No. It, it was a bit too um, simplistic. And I also think from the beginning... I would say as soon as they arrived at the island in Greece, you're lit. I was like, Edward Norton did it. I was like, I don't know what it is. I'm sure there'll be a twist, but yeah. Edward Norton did it. Yeah. Like there, there, there was no like, clearly he's going to turn out to be an arsehole. Mm-hmm. Like there was, there was no like subtlety to it. That's what's great about Knives Out is that Chris Evans's character has this kind of like subtlety to him that you like, he really only becomes the evil dickhead in like the last 10, 15 minutes. I was of pretty film. suspicious of him throughout. I think you're suspicious he of him, but like, I think it's done and like it's a better it's a better written character maybe mm. yeah. because he just plays into the the aggression and the being an arsehole whereas like he's trying to be this Elon Musk style like man we just chill on my Greek island and we smoke weed and we're all cool and mm. hey this is Chris Chris just lives here like that guy kind of wandering or like wandering around all the time yeah this stoner mm. character that's just there I think Many. what what it lacked for me was I just didn't care about any of the characters exactly there's no without connection that, to you any can't of them love yeah. it Many people said that about like how obvious the killer was. I think again, what Johnson was trying to do in the end was he was like, "Oh, this guy is supposed to be this tech billionaire who's so smart. Actually, he's so dumb to go and do the killing himself, and also um, then kill Duke for trying to blackmail him." I like, mean, that, it's this- I think that the stupid is that kind of irony, which again, I agree with you, it wasn't done well. They were trying to point out the stupidity of the mil- I don't even, I don't even think it's irony. I think everybody knows that, like, all these people who are super, super billionaires, even though they put across this cool, chill attitude, at some point has to be a ruthless arsehole. Like, you don't get to these positions unless you are, like, <clears throat> no, I was kind talking about like, being stupid as opposed to ruthless, as in, well, like, you're not, yeah. you're not that smart. I guess. Well, in this world, no one is as smart as Benoit Blanc, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I will say I did like the very, very final shot of, you know, Daniel Monet almost giving like a Mona Lisa smile in the end. I thought that was cool. Um, she, she was really good. I'm going to say like, that's my, my main takeaway from the film. I really enjoyed her. And I think she had a lot of fun <laughs> shooting this as well. So, I think the performances are uh, good from some people like Janelle Monet and uh, Daniel Craig has kind of made this Ben O'Brien character his, even if you don't really like the accent, if it is a bit off-putting. Mm. And Edward Norton, I think, is really good. Like, he plays yeah. that <clears throat> character, that kind of arsehole character really well. Better than Bird, Birdman for an arsehole, but they're all just kind of poorly written. Like, they they all kind of, feel like, they're a bit kind of half-baked. Like, you know, there could be a lot more to them than there is, like, a lot more substance. Claire and Lionel are really under, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're and you know, written. as you say, like, even, not even just with the ending that they went, like, explosive and big, what Knives Out has going for it is that it is kind of like Cluedo. Like, it, a lot of it just happens in the house and it's all very, like, small set pieces and, and you're not relying on, like, the visual. Mm-hmm. So, like, Glass Onion is probably really distracting in that it looks incredible. And it kind of just like the look maybe distracts a little bit from it because there isn't as much substance there. Yeah. Whereas Knives Out is smaller scale, but a much, like a much cleverer story and a much, a, like a better, like 
as an Agatha Christie style thing, which is what he's clearly going for. Like he's going for like a modern Poirot, mm. modern Hercules Poirot. Hercule. Hercule Poirot. I was actually thinking while I was watching it, I would actually rather be watching A Murder, She Wrote. Because <laughs> yeah. I actually like the low production values and the kind of naffness of it. And yeah. in a way, that's what that probably could have benefited from. I think so, yeah. I think if you t- if you take you know, take a two or three hundred million off the budget, keep it like yeah. keep it low budget. It's probably better because you can't you can't gloss over the problems with the script with like cameos from Ethan Hawke and Hugh Grant and big flashy set pieces in Greece and all these different things. Mm-hmm. Like you actually have to go shit. The story has to be good. Though? Or Transformers or any of those superhero films like that's that to me is why I struggle with them because they just like rely on huge production to to make up yeah, for yeah but I think it's different I think script. it's yeah but this is a tedious script that's trying to be a clever script I don't, yeah. I don't think the Marvel films are trying to be anything other than what that's they true. are this is trying to be a, like I think Ryan Johnson even says it himself he's trying to build this like Agatha Christie style modern mystery mm. like they'll probably be I don't know if they've greened yeah, well, it anything but there'll be another Benoit Blanc film it'll be called something else it'll be another murder mystery mm-hmm. and they're hopefully trying you to... can just be a nice British detective with a normal voice <laughs> <laughs> And then give him a big moustache like they did uh, yeah. with um, Kenneth Branagh in the Orient Express. <laughs> a big juicy moustache. Right. So I think we solved the ending again. <laughs> sorry, I tore that apart. I'm really sorry. No, if, if you, that's you know fine. What, and you know what? I think if anybody's listening and they did enjoy it, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears to like hear some defences of it. I'd really like people to like, you know, we've had people send us voice notes before on some of my opinions. I'd love to know what people think. Please share with us. Uh, if you agree or disagree, we'd love to hear more. Um, if you're planning on joining me on my one movie a day uh, quest, please DM me on Instagram. I'm looking for recommendations. And if you're on January optimization mode, please subscribe to wherever you're listening to us and rate us, please. Five stars, ideally. We got our first four-star review, which was... Oh, really? Did you get it the just, bot to write it? No, it, it doesn't say anything but like on spotify now we're at like 4.9 oh my god uh, rating as opposed to f- we were at, oh, we were at five so, so, so someone someone rated us less than five so oh. be nice please if you're watching yeah. the, if, if you you're don't have something nice far, to say just don't say anything at all yeah exactly yeah <laughs> if you don't have be five nice. stars just feck off <laughs> Did you just don't just don't rate if you're not planning on giving us a maybe five it's star a disgruntled rating. listener that we didn't read their question or their comment um, probably probably uh well we will be back next well in two weeks not next week with bridesmaids the iconic comedy starring Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph, and so many more. Till next time, Happy New Year again, and goodbye. Oh, look, a message from our sponsor. Did you like it? Did you like that? Did I like it? I loved it. I I had no idea you could milk a cat. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Good morning! Morning! Good morning! Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.